0: Lord, be with us now, engage our ears, enable our eyes to see, may our hearts leap in worship, we pray in the triune name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What a beautiful day, what a wonderful thing baptism is, welcoming young members into our fold. Um, it, it's really it's it's beautiful and it's sweet and it's cute, isn't it? Watching the water go over these babies and watching them react. Water can be a beautiful and life-giving thing. A beachfront view can be stunning or serene. Uh, a small, little lazy river can just be tranquil and calming. Yet we know, given the right circumstances, that water could be dangerous to that young child if it's not being poured over by an adult, but if they are in a bath alone. Water at the ocean looks calm and nice, yet we know there could be the danger of an undertow that could carry you out to sea. Just around the bend in the river could be tumbling rapids. There's, water, or there's trouble that can be connected with water. I remember working with an inner city ministry and we would take kids for summer camp and we'd go up to the Nantahala River and ride the rapids down. And some of these kids had never left the inner city, let alone seen a river. And I saw how wide their eyes got, how just afraid they visibly were. They were shaking as they got into the raft to, and the raft would bump going over some of these whitewater currents. And they would be holding on for dear life until it was over. And, of course, they they gained an appreciation for the power and um, danger of nature. The ancients would view water in some ways as being dangerous. The seas were a dangerous place that you didn't want to venture. And so it's interesting that God brings deliverance and salvation to his people through water. Think of the parting of the Red Sea and the the Red Sea standing up in walls on each side as the people of Israel walk through under Moses' leadership. Or think of um, God stopping the, the River Jordan and allowing the people to cross under Joshua's leadership. And then, of course, baptism. Our own Lord Jesus was baptized with water in the river. And we witnessed baptism this morning. And we said in that baptismal rite, deliver them, O Lord. Deliver them from sin and death. We're acutely aware of the peril of our condition, our need for outside rescue and help. And this water symbolizes a remembrance that God delivers through water. In our Isaiah passage, it says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, and the waters shall not overwhelm you." There's a promise of God's presence and protection, even through the danger of this life, even through the dangers of water and in baptism, what we witness today and in your own baptism as you remember it. It is a union with Christ. It's being made connected to the one who has undergone the baptism of death for you and for me. You see, Christ, he suffered the deluge of the waters of God's wrath on the cross. He was inundated and completely overwhelmed by the penalty of our sin, by the brokenness and unjustness and ugliness of the human condition. He saves us not in spite of suffering, but rather through it. He goes all the way to that length because of his love for us, and that's why we prayed for these children today. Grant that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ your son may be may live in the power of his resurrection there's an intimate connection with what we saw today and as we remember our own baptism and as we think of what God is doing in redeeming the world to himself reconciling a lost and broken world to himself baptism is symbolizing and picturing that and just as we heard Jesus Having the, the word said over him, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. When baptism occurs, it is as though, as though God is saying, this is my child, my daughter, with whom I'm well pleased. We have that same relationship to God because of what Christ has done by taking on our sin, our guilt, our iniquities upon himself. He fully entered into the human experience as the word made flesh. And so Paul the Apostle can say in Philippians 3, Oh, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and that I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means necessary I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. That is the gospel and the good news, friends, that what Christ has undergone on our behalf We symbolically, through the washing of the water and baptism, are united and connected to him. His story becomes our story. We join with him. In a Flannery O'Connor story called The River, there's a child who finds himself down on a riverbank. And there is a riverside healing service. And the preacher, he's standing there in the water and he's, he's calling the people who need healing to come down to the waters for healing. And here's what he says. This preacher, if you ain't come for Jesus, you ain't come for me. If you come to leave your pain in the river, you ain't come for Jesus. You can't leave your pain in the river. It's the river that was made to carry sin. It's a river full of pain itself, moving towards the kingdom of Christ to be washed away. The river of baptism, the river of cleansing, it's not one that frees us from pain and suffering. Ultimately, the pain and suffering will be no more. We have that promise in scripture, but it's not yet. And so our trouble and our difficulty and our pain, it's not a matter of if it will happen. It's simply a matter of when. When will things begin to unravel and come undone? When will you be at a crossroads in your life? When will you be wondering when that, when that broken relationship gets mended? When will you be wondering if you'll make it in the career that you've chosen? When will you figure out the magic to raising children? (laughs) When will you figure out how to get your marriage off of life support? We're going to encounter trouble and difficulty, and the promise of Christ is not that he makes those things go away. It's not an illusion by believing the gospel. Our fear and our pain and our hurt do not just dissolve magically, but rather the good news, good news to you and me, is that the Son of God left all the glory and splendor of heaven and incarnated, became one with human nature. He suffered and he endured on our behalf. He entered into the very waters of pain and sorrow for you and me. And so perhaps it's in the uncertainty and pain, maybe even on the very edge of despair, when we are challenged most poignantly to rely on God's saving help, to remember our baptism, to remember the words of Isaiah 43, when you pass through waters, when you walk through fire, when you pass through these rivers. Seems we're not exempt from the troubles of the world from the threat of being laid off from getting the negative news or the devastating news of your of your medical report of finding yourself experiencing this the pain and sting of loss god doesn't say there won't be forest fires and there won't be floods Rather, John Calvin puts it like this. The theologian, he says, The Lord has not redeemed you so that you might enjoy pleasures and luxuries, but rather that you should be prepared for the enduring of all kinds of evil. Jesus' sufferings become ours because he's intimately acquainted with living in a broken and painful world. And our trouble in this life, Jesus reminds us, baptism reminds us, is temporary from an eternal standpoint. Heartache and loss and fear, they may seem to rule the day, they may stick with us. The night is slow and long if you have to stay awake with a sick child. Time can tick by so slowly when you're waiting for your circumstances to change, for your fortunes to change. Heaven sometimes seems eerily silent and God's waiting room seems crowded with patients, and the line is impossibly long. But God is there. When you pass through the flames and the waters, he says, I am with you. It's a promise that we can test out and press to the limit. We can discover that indeed the river of baptism is full of pain itself. That Jesus didn't exempt himself from that. That's what the temptation of Christ was about, the devil offering him a pass a way around the cross. But Jesus went directly through it. He understood his baptism to be one of pain and suffering and death. Because he loves you and me so much that he knew that was the point that he had to make. He had to go to the very depths to rescue us. And so that's what's central in this message of the waters of baptism. It's God's presence. This reminder to these little babies, you are loved Immeasurably more than you could ever dare to imagine. And that's not just true for a little baby because they're cute and cuddly. That's true for you. And you're messed up. And on your worst day, when your thoughts are so despicable, when you're so ugly that nothing or no one could love you, God does. Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so, and he promises his personal presence. I've recently become pretty afraid of flying in an airplane. I had an experience flying overseas last year. You never want to, it's never good when somebody shouts out, fire, fire, the plane's on fire. Never, never good. And I looked out the window on the wing, the engine was in flames. Now, it just they blew an engine. It went out, and they released all the fuel, and we had to go back and land. Um, it scared me. I mean, I was praying, going, God, watch over my wife and kids. This is it. It's really happening. So I was flying this week, and I was feeling afraid, deeply afraid. Um, I was wondering, when's it going to fall apart? Every turbulent movement of the plane. Um, I was in trouble. And God so had it that I was reading this passage, Isaiah 43 all week. When you pass through the waters, I'm there. When you walk through the fire, I am with you. And I kept claiming that promise and going, God, this has to be true because if not, all is lost. If you're not on this plane right now, if you're not carrying the events of the day, I'm done. And that's the good news of the gospel is that he is. He defeated death by dying. He rose again from the grave. The tomb is empty, and so we can rejoice, friends. We've been baptized with the same baptism of Jesus so that the worst that we face cannot prevent us from experiencing the love and kindness of God. He says, you are mine and I love you. That's God's benediction over you this day and every day. Hear how this is said by Paul in Romans eight and I'll close. I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's good news. Thanks be to God.